Everybody say, you asked for it. So you asked for it, and I'm going to tell you how it is. That's the way it is on Sunday mornings. You asked for it, you started this, and I'm going to finish it on Sunday mornings. No, so uh, th- the main theme of this series is uh, we want to get some feedback from you guys on what uh, kind of topics and subjects that you want to hear about and what are kind of the things that are most important to you that you want to know about. So different weeks, we're going to take different uh, subjects, and uh, we're going to start this week, and I know next week we're going to talk about race, and we're going to talk about the race issue in America and just in the world, and what should we think about that based off of the Bible, not just on opinions, but off of the Bible, what should we think about race? I know we're going to do a week on transition, and today uh, we're going to talk about this. So the question that was asked, you guys can turn to Philippians 4 Why we're... Uh, kind of starting this, Philippians 4. Um, The question that was asked most was this, and I could understand why, because it's a question that most people have. It's a question uh, that most people deal with on a regular basis. And so the question that was um, most asked to talk about is this. How do I deal with stress and anxiety? How do I deal with stress and anxiety? So I don't know. Um, and so see you guys, uh, we'll get somebody in here who does know the answers to that question. So that was always going to be the risk with asking questions like this. Because what if you ask questions? I don't know. Uh, then I'll just have to say like, I don't know. Let's go home. Uh, but with this subject, um, you guys are really serious when I said that, because you really thought that was the answer I was going to give you. Um, you're like, Hey, I really wanted to know. Why didn't he tell me? Um, so how do I deal with stress and anxiety? Well, this is a subject that um, I've done a lot of study and research personally, just because of personal things I've went through. And uh, some of you know that because of uh, different things I've shared through the years, uh, especially with the Hope series, about my own personal life and dealing with uh, panic attacks or stress or even depression. So I've done a lot of research about these things outside of the pulpit, So I think I have some encouraging things for for you to listen to today and to understand. And I believe by the end of this that you're going to leave encouraged and you're going to uh, leave helped and you're going to leave feeling victorious that you can overcome stress and anxiety and that God always has a way for us to get over things and to get past things, to get through things. He always has a way. Um, So uh, we're going to talk about how do I deal with stress and anxiety. So we got a lot of stuff to say. So the important thing is to stay with me from start to finish because we're going to build a foundation and then we're going to build on that and by the end of it, we're going to wrap it all up and it's going to be a skyscraper. So you got to stay with me from the foundation to the top for this to make sense. So how do I deal with stress and anxiety? So let's read in Philippians 4. Now it's important with all these questions, it's not important what I think about it. It's important what God thinks about it. Because that's what matters, and that's what's going to help you. Not somebody's opinion, but the Word of God is what's going to help us. So Philippians 4 and verse 6, I'm going to read from the New King James Version. Philippians 4 and verse 6, it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Notice it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, 
with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God and the peace of God. How many know that's what we're all looking for and all, what we all want? And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. So that's what we're going to talk today about how do we deal with stress and anxiety. So let me start here. Now, this is the foundation statement for the rest of this message. It is God's will that you live full of peace, full of hope, full of joy, full of strength, full of rest, and live the abundant life that God has called you to live. That is His will. It's not His will that we live depressed, stressed, frustrated, irritated, overwhelmed, beat up, stressed out, fatigued, and tired. That is not His will. So can we establish that? That's the foundation. So that's not His will, but His will is that we live a life of peace and joy and fulfillment and a life in the life of God. And it's not His will, we need to know that, that we live in fear, depression, stress, anxiety. That's not His will. Now, most people live in the second one, even though it's not his will. Can I get amen? Most people live there, not his will. Not just unbelievers, but believers live right there most of their lives when it's not his will. So, that's the first thing we want to say. That's not his will. And he didn't design our spirit, soul, or our bodies to deal with worry, anxiety, and stress. And that's why we see that when we... Uh, go for a long time with worry, anxiety, and stress, our mind and our body cannot handle it, then there's issues. And I'm going to tell you some of those issues because I've done study and research and even figuring out in my personal life, like, okay, why is this going on in my body? Why am I having these symptoms? Why am I going through this? Why mentally, why do I feel this way? The root of all those things, a lot of times in most of our lives, is stress and anxiety in our hearts. So, Uh, God didn't design our bodies or our minds or our spirits to live under stress and anxiety. And when we do, our body breaks down. So, if we ask most people, how are you doing? Their answer would not be peaceful, joyful, at rest, love life. But that's God's will. Most people, if they really answered the question and they didn't say, oh, I'm good which means I'm not good, but I don't have time to tell you that I'm not good. Because nobody's going to out in public just tell you all the things wrong with them, say, I'm good, I'm blessed, I'm fine, you're not. Most people, if they really answer the question truthfully, it would be stressed, frustrated, tired, busy, worried, overwhelmed. That's most people's lives. But it doesn't have to be that way. Now, here's the good news. It doesn't have to be that way. Because God has made a way for us to live. So we realize when we don't live in the peace and the joy and the the life of God that we're meant to live, we live, live under fear and stress and worry and anxiety. And God told us not to do those things because he knows how it will affect us. Not just spiritually, but it affects our mind and affects our body drastically when we live that way. Now I want to tell you a few things. Now this is a foundation. I know this is not scripture but these are some things I've studied and learned about what stress and anxiety does to your mind and your body. So we need to realize God's word has answers for us. So there's something called good stress and bad stress. Good stress and bad stress. Now good stress is this. If you're on the football field 
and you get hit really hard, your adrenaline kicks in, and that's good stress. And so you'll see football players or basketball players or other people that play sports, they can do things in games they can't do in practice because the good stress kicks in. And when good stress kicks in, your adrenaline gets pumping. And you're able to respond quicker. You can think quicker. You're, you're supernaturally strong in that situation, in that setting. That's good stress. Or you've heard the stories about, you know, somebody had a car wreck and the, the child was under the car and the mom had supernatural strength to pick it up. She couldn't do that on a normal day. Now, what kicked in there? That was uh, good stress and the adrenaline rushed through. Now, later on, she couldn't move her arms after she picked up the car. But in the moment, she had a, a burst of supernatural strength, which God made your body to design that way, that when you needed it, it would kick in. Some people call that, that's the fight or flight syndrome. So you got to choose. If your life is in danger, that's when your body and your mind kicks into overload mode. But you can't live that way. Now that's the problem. Because that's just supposed to kick in when you're being attacked by a terrorist. It's supposed to kick in when you're being chased by a bear. It's supposed to kick in when your life's in danger, but you're not supposed to live that way because your body and mind cannot take that. Can it get amen? So that's the good stress. Now the bad stress is this. When you live like that every day of your life, because your mind and your body doesn't know the difference, and so you live in this chronic state of stress, and your mind and body can't take it. Now that's where most people live, if we're honest. And so pretty much your body and your mind starts to break down because it can't handle it because of worry, anxiety, and stress. And that's why God told us, do not worry. Don't be anxious. Don't fret. Don't have fear because he knows what it does to us. Over 80% of people that go to the doctor or the emergency room, the root of the issue is stress. Over 80%. Of people that go to the doctor or emergency room, the root of it is not a disease. It's a stress-related symptom. Just so you know. So looking some of this up, this is what it does to your mind and your body. When we live at this state of stress and anxiety, which most people live at because they never turn off that stress. So their body just stays revved up and going. So this is some of the things it does. And some of these could apply to your lives. Um, stress and anxiety, these are some of the symptoms of chronic stress and anxiety in your life. Headaches. Most people complain about headaches. Every day when they come home from work or school, headaches. Most of the time it's not a disease, it's stress. Back pain. Arthritis. The leading cause of heart attack and stroke is stress. It lowers your immune system when you're chronically stressed out, so you can't fight off disease. Brain fog, chronic fatigue, so you're tired every day. You get 12 hours of sleep and you're still tired. Stress. So this is what it does to your mind and your body when you live this way. Chronically fatigued. Stomach issues. Not being able to sleep. This is what it does to your mind. It causes depression, anxiety. This is all what it does to your body and mind when we stay in this place of stress and anxiety. Now, most of these symptoms are stuff that most of us have every week. Nobody wants to say amen. Okay. I will. Amen. Most of these things are are symptoms we have every week, and we're we're not sick. We don't have a disease. The root of it is stress and anxiety. So, depression, anxiety, 
not being able to think clearly. And lastly, and this is just a short list, what stress and anxiety does does to you, it makes you more prone to addictive behavior. Now, it makes you more prone to addictive behavior because you're looking for something to cope with the stress. So you got to find something to make you not think about how stressed you are. That's why people that are chronically stressed and anxious, depressed, all those things, turn to alcohol, turn to a pres- prescription medicine. And that's a big thing in, in America because you can get it legally. So you're popping pills all day. Why? To numb your pain because you're stressed. You're popping pills all day because you don't want to think about what's going on in your life. So you're trying to numb yourself. Uh, it could be sex. It could be gambling. So you're more prone to addictive behavior when you're anxious and stressed. Why? Because you want to get out of it. You're trying to cope with it. You want to feel better. You don't want to feel like that. So you always look to something. And if it's not God, you'll fill it with something else every time. But here's another thing that we do, especially us who live in the modern world, which all of us do, prone to addictive behavior. You're addicted to media. Oh, okay. Mm Mm-hmm. And so most of us wouldn't drink alcohol, we wouldn't pop pills, we wouldn't go out to the clubs and do all that, but we will be addicted to media so we don't have to think about our lives. We will scroll through Facebook all day so we don't have to think about how depressed we are. We will contact people on Snapchat because we're anxious and we're afraid and we don't want to deal with it. We will just binge watch Netflix until the wee hours of the night so we don't have to think about how really upset we are on the inside. Are we preaching this morning? Somebody. And so that's not just social media. That could be other media. You never can turn off the music. You never can get quiet in the car. If you always have to listen to music, you have a problem. You do that for a reason because you're not, you don't want to think about your life. So let's blare the music. Let's get Apple Music so I never run out of music and just blare the music all the time. That's why you never can sit still without turning on the TV or watching another TV show or watching another movie or scrolling through your phone. Until you fall asleep at night. Why do we do that? It's not just the day and age we live in. It's because internally we're messed up. And internally we're stressed out. And we're anxious. And we're afraid. And we're worrying. And we're depressed. And so we look to that to cope with the stress that we have. You're getting something so far. Now, we, we, we got to build this foundation before we go where we need to go. It's interesting to me because I've done a lot of this research, not just for myself, but for our church and for our young people, is it's proven that people that are on their smartphone or device like that, their computer, their iPad, their iPhone, the people that spend more time on those devices have higher rates of anxiety and depression than people that don't. So the thing you're going to to fix you is actually making you worse. (laughs) The thing you're going to heal your anxiety and depression, don't forget about your life, is making you more messed up on the inside. Come on, am I preaching this morning? Somebody say amen. And it's proven by doctors that people that use their smartphones and their iPads and their computers more often have higher rates of anxiety and depression than people that don't. So the thing that we're even going to to cope with the stress and anxiety we're feeling is making it worse when we think we're making it better. 
Why? Because they're, they're, they're substitutes for the real thing, which is God healing those issues in our life. So, those are some things that happen to our mind and our body when we have this chronic stress and anxiety in our lives. I know a lot of us could agree we've experienced some of these symptoms and things in our life. And the root of it is stress and anxiety. God does not want us to live this way. That is not His will. It's not His will for us to be sick and tired and feeling this way. It is not His will for our mind to be anxious and afraid. It is not His will that we drown ourselves in media so we don't have to think about our real life. That's not His will for our life. The thing is, I know you're not all saying amen because we're all guilty of that, including myself. We all are. I've had God speak to me in the past year about my cell phone, about watching TV, about other things. So I'm just preaching to you what God's preaching to me about. Because you got to ask yourself, am I doing it just for entertainment or am I doing it because I really have an issue and I don't want to think about it? So we see that we can't live this way because our body and our mind and our spirit will break down. So how do we deal with stress and anxiety? Now that's just what it does to your mind and your body, but it destroys your spiritual life too. When we live in this chronic state of stress and anxiety. Now it's going to get better. I gave you the symptoms, now we're going to give you the cure. Okay? So in 2 Timothy 3 and verse 1, you could just write this down. It says, in the end times, or the sooner it gets to Jesus coming back, that perilous, stressful times would come. So we live in a time that is stressful for everybody. So don't think that you're the odd person out, that you're the only person who has stress on this planet. You're not. God said that the closer it gets to him coming back, perilous, stressful, fearful times would come. We see in the Gospels, Jesus prophesied this many times. The closer it gets to his return, that there would be fear, that there would be stress, that there would be anxiety. Not because of he, he wanted it to be that way. Because there would be wars, there would be famines, there would be natural disasters. We just saw one. Now those aren't from God, they're from the enemy. But Jesus said, the closer it gets to my coming back, the more these things will happen. So here's some heads up. How many know it's good? He's he's forewarning us that this is going to happen. Be prepared. That these stressful, perilous times will come. Be prepared. That these things will come on the earth. War and famine and uh, division between each other. Natural disaster. These things will come. Be prepared. And most of us, if we're honest, we are not prepared at all. I've heard some... Uh, People talk about this before, but it's so true. Most believers, we forget about verses like stand your ground and put on the armor of God and stuff like that because it is a battle that we live in every day. Most Christians are walking around. (laughs) And you wonder, you got so many arrows sticking in you because you didn't put on your armor. You forgot that this world is not a playground, it's a battleground. And we wonder why these things are affecting us so much because we don't have our guards up. We don't have our defenses up. We're not prepared when God said, it's got to be a battle. You have the victory, but that doesn't mean somebody's got to not try to take you out. So we need to be aware because Jesus told us this in his word for a reason, to prepare ourselves for what's coming 
so we could be prepared, so we could have our armor on, so we could know about these things ahead of time, so we could guard our life from these stressful, perilous times. Come on, are you getting something so far? So God knew this would come, would come and he told us about it, that the, in the last days, perilous, stressful times would come. And he even tells us what kind of things, and we've experienced some of those wars, famine, disaster. We know these things will happen. So how do we deal with stress and anxiety? Okay, I have four things for you today. You ready for these four things? Number one is resist it. How do we deal with stress and anxiety? Number one, we resist it. We resist it. So, you need to understand this, that all of us have thoughts, have emotions that come to us, but we have a choice to make after they come to us. We can receive it, or we can resist it. Now, most people don't know that, so they don't do that. They just live on whatever they feel or whatever they think, thinking that's what's true, and it's not. So, we have a choice to receive it, or a choice to resist it. Let's look at Philippians 4 again. And we're going to read here. Philippians 4, 6 and 7. It says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So he says, Be anxious for nothing. He wouldn't have said be anxious for nothing if we couldn't do that. You realize God never tells you to do something that you can't do. Because for the fact that he told you to do it means he's got to give you the strength and ability to do it. And he says to all of us, be anxious for nothing. Other translations say don't be worried, don't be stressed, don't fret, don't be fearful. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer In supplication, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. So resist it. Now listen to this. You can't always control what happens to you, but we can control what's happening in us. I'm going to say that one more time. You can't always control what's happening to you. But you can always control what's happening in you. It's been said this about this before that it's not the storm that sinks the boat. It's the water that gets inside the boat that sinks the boat. It's not the storm. It's the water that is inside the boat that sinks it. If the water never gets inside the boat, the boat will stay afloat. But it's the water that we let inside that sinks us. Are you here today? It's the water we let inside that sinks us. It's not the storm around the boat that sinks the boat. It's the water that gets inside. And that's why I said you can't always control what happens externally, but you can always control what's happening internally. You can't always control what happens to you, but you can always control what's happening in you. And if you control what is happening in you, 
by the help of the Holy Spirit that you won't sink when other people sink. That you won't fail when other people fail. That you won't freak out when other people freak out. That you won't be anxious when other people are anxious. And you won't be stressed when other people are stressed. Because you're all feeling the same thing externally, but there's something internally going on that you can control. And it's a plan of the enemy to make you think that you can't control it, but that's a lie. You can't always control what's happening to you, but you can always control what's happening in you. That's the truth. And we know that storms of life come to us all. That's what the Bible says. To the believer and the unbeliever alike, to the righteous and the unrighteous, there's storms of life come to us all. There's bad doctor's reports. There's financial situations. There's unexpected things that we didn't ask for, we didn't pray for, we didn't think that would happen. But we can't always control that. But what we can control is how we respond to it. One of the best examples I could give on this was when Jessica called and said she had a brain tumor. We didn't believe that that would happen. We never thought that that would happen. And we can't always control what happens to us, but we could control how we responded to that situation. And the response to that situation was this. I know that that is true right now, but we're going to get on the other side of this. God's going to do something. God's going to heal you. God's going to get you on the other side. And you're going to come back stronger than you were before. That's how you respond to a situation like that. Now, we couldn't control because if we could have controlled it, we would have said, stop before it got there. And trust me, God stops a lot of things before they get to all of you in here. But there's some things in life, there's trials and tests that come to us all. But we can choose how to respond to them. And we can control not always what's happening to us, but we can control what's happening in us. That's the key. Because if the water doesn't get in the boat, no matter what the storm, it won't sink. But if you allow water in your boat, you're going to sink. Now, how is letting water in your boat? What is that? Your thought life. Your thoughts. Anytime we talk about stress, anxiety, or depression, you got to talk about your thought life first. Because you got to get to your thought life first. That's where it starts. So you got to stop it where it starts. You got to go to the root of the issue. Before you feel anything, before you do anything, you think about something first. So you got to get to your thoughts first. And we see that it says, be anxious for nothing, but by prayer and supplication, let your thanksgiving and request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So we can't always control what happens to us, but we can always control what's happening in us. And how do we do that? It starts in our thought life. The Bible says this. Your thoughts are real. And there's thoughts that come from you, and they're not from you. There's thoughts that come to all of us, and some are from the enemy, some are from God, and some are from us. And we need to decide and discern what is from God and what is not. Because most people, once again, they take whatever thought comes into their head, that that's their thought, and that's true. That's not the case. So, 
you got to start in your thought life first. That's how you control what's happening in you. You have to get to your thoughts first. The Bible says that you can take thoughts or you can cast down thoughts. Your choice. You can take thoughts. So a thought's going to come to you, but you don't have to take it. The thought could come, I'm so stressed out and frustrated about work right now. You have a choice right then and there to take it, or you have a a choice to cast it down. It's your choice. A thought could come to you about your health, and you start stressing out about the physical symptoms you're going through. You have a choice right then and there to receive it or to resist it. But it has to start in our thought life. That's the foundation for wherever we're going. So when it comes to stress and anxiety, deal with it in your thoughts first. The thing is, for most people, they're wondering why their boat is sinking, but they're letting all sorts of thoughts pour water into their boat day after day. And they're like, God, help me. God, help me. I don't want to sink. I don't want to sink. And God says, think about what you're thinking about. Because you're pouring buckets of water in your boat that's sinking by letting your thought life run wild with everything that comes to it. You're not resisting it. You're taking it. You're receiving it. And those thoughts are not from me. So we have a choice. We can control what's happening in us. And we do that by our thought life. Let's read down to verse 8. Same chapter, Philippians 4 and verse 8. So he said, be anxious for nothing, and then he says, pray about it, and the peace of God will come upon you. But notice the next thing he says. After he says, let the peace of God come upon you, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate or think on these things. Because he knows if you pray about it and the peace of God comes and then you start thinking the wrong things again, you're going to be right back in the same situation you were before. So he said, yes, you need to pray about it and to give God thanksgiving and let the peace of God come. But when it comes, don't go outside of your prayer closet And start thinking the wrong thoughts again because you will ruin the peace that just came. you got to think on the right things. Think on good things. And I realize most of us, our minds are not fully trained to think that way yet. That's why the Bible says renew your mind to the right things. Think on the right things because we're not naturally meant to do that. We have to train our minds to do it. And we can train our minds to do that. It's been proven, some of you know who Dr. Carolyn Leaf is, Uh, she's a neuroscientist, and she says that you can actually see on brain scans, physically, what being a negative person does to your brain compared to a positive person. And it physically changes the structure of your brain. So some of you who think where thoughts are not important and they're not really real, it physically changes the way your brain looks on a scan when you're a negative person worried, stressful person compared to a faithful, hope-filled faith person. It changes your actual brain structure. So we need to renew our mind to the right things. So, hey, what if you're in this category right now? You can change. 
God can help you change your brain, change your mind, change your circumstance, change the way you think, but you have to cooperate with Him. So we can't control what happens to us all the time, but we can always control what's happening in us, and that's in our thought life. We can choose to take it or cast it down, receive it or resist it. So the first thing to deal with stress and anxiety is to resist the wrong thoughts. Resist the wrong thoughts. That's the first step. When a wrong thought comes to your mind, now what is a wrong thought? A wrong thought is something that doesn't line up with the word of God. Now here's a good filter. This thought feels right, but is it true? Because there's a lot of thoughts that feel right, but are they true? Now the only way we know if they're true or not is the word of God. You're not the judge of truth. So I know this thought feels right, but you always got to go back, but is it true? And we only know if it's true by the word of God. And if the word of God says it's different than the way you feel, guess what? You're wrong and the word is right. Come on now, somebody, I'm trying to help you. And that's for your own safety because God's trying to help you. So we need to bring it through that filter. If it's not true and it's not from God resist it you resist the thought so that's the first way we deal with stress and anxiety second thing replace it it's not good enough that you resisted it you got to replace it with something good and we replace it with the word of God I would put it like this you need to find a word for the situation you're in from God's word. You need to find a word from God's word for the situation you're in. Now, we read this a couple weeks ago talking about seasons, but in Isaiah 50 and verse 4, it says that God will speak a word in season. Or it could say a word in your situation. Because all of the Bible is inspired by God, but you don't need all the scriptures in certain situations. You need one specific scripture. And God knows what that scripture is. And he knows what that word is. So he's going to give you a word in here. In the situation you're going through. And that's the answer to replace it with. Is God's word. He will give you a specific scripture or scriptures. That deal with the situation you're going through. He will. And if you're having physical issues, he's not going to give you a financial verse. Because he knows a word in season for you. So if you're dealing with stress and anxiety, he's going to give you a word like it says in Isaiah 26.3 that he will give you perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. That's a word in season. If you're dealing with stress and anxiety, you need peace. And God says, I will give you peace if your mind is stayed on me. That's just an example. And I'll tell you how easy it is to do. After today, go out of here. Get on your smartphone. Get on your computer. I told you not to earlier, but now I'm telling you to. Get on there. Look on a Bible app. Type in the word that you're dealing with. Depression. Finances. Children. Healing. And look at all the scriptures that come up after that. You don't even have to go to concordance. The computer will do it for you. 
and start reading through those verses. And trust me, one of those verses are going to stand out to you. One of those verses are going to come off the page and you're like, that's it right there. Why? Because God wants to speak a word in season to you on your situation. And that's what you replace your thoughts with. So you resisted the wrong ones, but now you got to replace it with a word in season that God speaks to you. So let me tell you, how do you do that? First of all, you got to find it, and I just told you how to find it. Real easy. You can do it on your phone. You can do it on your computer. Even in your Bible sometimes, there's a concordance that says all the scriptures on certain subjects. First of all, you got to find it. Number two, you got to meditate on it. Now, what does meditate? Meditate is a very, uh, it's a Bible word, but it means to think about it. So once you have a verse or verses that God gives you, think about them. I would say put it on your phone. Maybe even get a, a card printed out that has the scripture on it. Think about it during the day. You're replacing wrong thoughts with the right thoughts, which is God's word. Now, things like this determine whether you really want to be free or not. I told you in my own personal life, there was a period of time when I was dealing with panic attacks, stress, anxiety, depression. None of you knew anything about that, but I was dealing with that internally. And for a period of time there, I felt so stuck, I knew what to do, but didn't do it. And guess what? If I didn't do it, I can't complain for the situation I'm in. And I knew that there is verses that could help me right now, but I don't even have enough strength to read a verse right now. But I had to realize, God says, how much do you want to be well? How much do you want to be whole? Because that's on your side, not on his side. And eventually you got to get to the place to say, I'm going to do something myself. God said I can get out of this, but he's not going to get out of this apart from me. I have to have some corresponding actions to what God is trying to do in my life. Are you here today? Now what we want is a prayer line. A person lay hands on us one time and we're never anxious again. We're never depressed again. We're never worried again. Doesn't work. Because you know what happens? Your boat just got the water out of it, but then you go back into your real life and you start dumping water back in it. <laughs> You've got to do something different. I'm just being honest with you today. You're thinking, what happened to our pastor the past two weeks? He is so intense. I'm trying to help you. So we have to replace it with the right thing. So how bad do you want it? You got to find it, then you got to meditate and think on it, and then you have to speak it out of your mouth. That's how you replace wrong thoughts with the right things. You have to speak it. Speak it out of your mouth when you don't feel like it, because that's when you need it the most. When you have severe symptoms in your body, that is the best time to say, I believe that you're my healer. That's when you need to say it. You need to say it before, after, and during. When you have depression in your mind, you need to say, the joy of the Lord is my strength when you feel like you don't have any strength. That's when you need to say it the most. So it's not good enough that you find it and you're just thinking about it. You need to speak it out of your mouth. And I realize some of you are not as vocal as other people. Stop making excuses for yourself. Because you're speaking about worry all day. I got to go, guys. 
You're speaking about what's wrong in your life all day. You got enough energy to do that, then you have enough energy to speak on the right things. You got enough energy to type that into Facebook so everybody will feel sorry for you. But not enough energy to actually look up a scripture and to speak it over yourself. All right. Speaking the truth in love. Now, the reason I'm talking this strong is because I've been right there in the middle of it with you. God had to tell me the same thing. Do you want to be well or are you just playing with it? Because there's a way out if you want a way out. And so you got to find the right words, a word in season. Trust me, God will speak to you what that is. You got to meditate or think about it, but then you got to speak it over your life. And the more you speak it, the more it replaces God's word in your mind instead of the wrong thoughts. Number three, perspective. You guys getting something today? Come on, I know I'm preaching strong and talk. Hey, this is the Holy Ghost Church. We forgot about that for a minute, right? We can preach like a charismatic Pentecostal because we are. So you need to resist it, you need to replace it, and you need some perspective. Perspective. Let me tell you what that means. You need some perspective. When you're in a place of anxiety and depression and stress, you feel like you're in a pit. Like the scripture says, in a, in a pit with a lion on a snowy day. <laughs> That's the way you feel. But you're not David's mighty men, so you're just like, oh, shoot. I'm in a pit with a lion on a snowy day. Because I'm not one of David's mighty men, so I'm scared right now. When you are in that situation, now let's be honest here. Don't put your spiritual face on me. Be honest here, because I'm going to be honest. When, when I was dealing with stress, anxiety, depression, there was a season I felt stuck. I felt like I was in a hole and couldn't get out. I felt like I was in a pit and couldn't get out. And it was scary. And I was listening to podcasts and listening to worship, and looking into the Bible, and I still felt stuck. That's scary. Let's be honest here. That's scary when you're in that situation. You feel like, I'm stuck. I'm always going to be this way. I'm always going to feel this way. That's a scary place to be. So you feel like when you're in that situation, you're stuck. You're in a hole, and you can't get out. You don't see any way of escape. So that's why you need some perspective. And how do you get perspective? You have to get above the situation and you have to look at it from a different point of view to see that there is a way out. You just feel stuck right here. Now, how do you do that? There's several ways you can do that. First of all, you need to ask God for some perspective here. You need to ask God for some perspective, and I think he'll give it to you. Here's an example. We see in the Bible the prophet I think it was Elijah, said to God, he was depressed, he was suicidal, he was in a cave, and he said, God, I'm the only one who serves you. I'm the only one who loves you. I've given up all my friends. Nobody wants to go to church anymore. Nobody cares about God anymore. And what did God do? Because he was in a cave. He had no perspective. God said, let me give you some perspective, Elijah. There is 7,000 other people in this country 
that have not turned to other gods just like you. Pretty much stop crying and get out of the cave because there's other people that believe just like you. Stop playing a pity party for yourself. And give you some perspective. Give you some perspective. You need God to give you some perspective. When you're in a situation like that where you feel stuck, like you're in a, a pit, you're in a hole, and you can't get out. Let me tell you how God gives me perspective. When days I feel like I'm a victim, or I'm stressed, or I'm anxious, or I feel depressed and down, God will always send people on my path that have it worse than I do. <laughs> Every time. Every time. It will shut me up immediately. <laughs> Let's just say you walk into Myers and you see a family that you can tell has no money. You can tell can barely pay for their groceries. You can tell their kids are sick. And you look at your life and say, perspective here. And I'm complaining and I'm sad about this. Let me get some perspective here about, God, what you're doing in my life. God, give me some perspective. Because maybe my issues aren't as big as everybody's issues. Maybe today or this week you had that thought when you turned on the TV on CNN and you saw the people in Houston. And it gave you a perspective check to think about what am I complaining about today? Maybe I don't have the best house, but I do have a house. Maybe I don't have the best car, but I do have a car. Maybe I don't have the best family, but I do have a family. And I'm not searching for them because they got... Come on now, somebody. And just something like that, God will give you perspective through other people to think about, hey, no, it's not as bad as it seems to be. But notice when you're in that hole and you're in that pit, you can't see out. All you can see is what you're going through. But you got to get some perspective, and God will give you perspective. I know so many times I've seen people, the same day I'm thinking this, God will send somebody across my path that's disabled, that's in a wheelchair, that has issues, and I think, God, what am I complaining about? Usually the thoughts I'm thinking to myself is when I'm walking away from that situation is, Jordan, you're the biggest piece of trash (laughs) who was ever created. To think about what you're going through is that big a deal when these people are going through real life issues and you're complaining about minor stuff. Yeah, I wouldn't call you a piece of trash. I'm just saying this is what goes on in my head. Thinking this person's disabled and they're smiling. And I'm frowning and having a bad day because coffee crossing didn't get my order right. <laughs> and the thing is, I have enough money. I could go back through the line and get it right. Perspective. You guys getting something today? Perspective. It's all about perspective. Ask God to give you some perspective because, I mean, no, He doesn't see it from the pit. He sees it from up here. His ways are higher than your ways. His thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And He sees it differently than you see it. And He can see a way out when you can't see a way out. Come on now, somebody. Perspective. Here's another way. Have good friends in your life to give you perspective. Now, I said good friends. Not a friend that's going to complain with you and get in the pit with you. (laughs) A good friend. Now, a good friend is not somebody who's going to judge you also for speaking up. But they're going to say, you know what? I've been there where you're at before, but I made it out and you can too. Let me tell you how I made it out. 
Or I, I know what you're going through. I've been there before. But God can get us out of this. He got me out of it. That's a good friend. A friend that can encourage you and give you faith and give you hope and give you peace. Not somebody who's going to complain with you and get in the pit. A good friend. And a good friend will give you perspective. That's why we mentioned this last week. God said it is not good that man is alone. Because we're meant for community. We need other people. That's why life groups are so important because you need other people. A man who isolates himself is not wise and seeks his own desire because you need other people. It's pride in all of us to think that we never need anybody else because we do. And trust me, there will be times in your life you might just need to call a friend in here and say, Hey, I'm upset today. I'm stressed today. I'm anxious today. I'm depressed today. I need some help. And your good friend will give you some perspective on what you're going through. Not saying you're not going through it, but giving you the answers out. Giving you encouragement out. Giving you the faith out. Giving you a hand up to say, not say, I don't know what you're going through. I've never went through anything in my life. Sorry. No, they can say, hey, I know what you're going through. I've felt that before, but God can make a way where there is no way. Come on, are you getting something today? So we need perspective. So when we're in stress and anxiety, we need to look at the bigger picture. There's a bigger world. There's bigger situations than just what you're going through. Trust me, when you see it from a different perspective, when you see it up here, instead of down here, it will change everything. God will give you that, but also good godly friends will give you that when you need it the most. Because let's be honest, sometimes we're not listening to God. Sometimes a friend has to come in our life and speak up. And we need to appreciate those people, cherish those people, perspective. Lastly, we need to choose peace. So we resist it, we replace it. We got to get some perspective from God about stress and anxiety, but we need to choose peace. I feel like you're receiving this today. Choose peace. God is the God of all peace. His word promises us that we can have peace in every situation, in every circumstance, no matter what's going on, because our peace is supernatural. Let's look over at John 14 in verse 27. John 14 and verse 27. Before we read that, think about that verse in Philippians 4 that says, And the peace of God, that passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds by the Holy Spirit. Guard your hearts and minds. That there is a peace that comes from God, That goes way beyond circumstances. Way beyond your mind. It says the peace of God is farther out there than your understanding. That means that you can be in situations that your understanding is saying, why aren't you at peace? But you're at peace. Other people around you say, you should be upset right now. 
But the peace of God can go beyond our understanding and surround us like a shield. The peace of God can guard our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. It can guard our hearts and minds. Uh, the, the original language talks about a garrison around your hearts and your mind, meaning there's protection that, that God, just like a military group, would surround somebody to protect them, that the peace of God can guard your hearts, notice, in your minds, because that's where you really need it. Guard your hearts and minds that no thought of worry, anxiety, or stress can even get in. Because the peace of God guards your hearts and your minds. By Christ Jesus. Is it possible? Yes. Do most people live there? No. But you can. And that's what's important. God said that we could. That's why we said choose peace. We got to choose it. So John 14 of verse 27, Jesus said, red letter, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, never let it be afraid. Notice that, peace I leave with you. So when Jesus left, his peace didn't leave. Because the Holy Spirit came to live on the inside of us. And it says that my peace I give to you is not as the world gives. Do I give to you? Because the peace, the peace that this world talks about is not really peace. It's just like putting up with stuff. Not making a big deal of it. Let's just not stop talking about it. That's their version of peace. It's not real peace internally. Now, Brother Daryl, could you come up and play for a moment? So he says, my peace I give to you, the peace I give to you, not as the world gives. But notice what he goes on to say because you got to choose it. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. So that implies that God gives you the peace, but he implies that we need to do something on our side. And he says, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let fear, anxiety, stress get in, but let it rest in the peace of God. Let's look at Isaiah 26. Got a couple of verses as we close here. I think it will help you. Did you guys get something this morning? So God is the God of all peace. He promises in his word to give us peace that the world can't give. A peace that passes our understanding. A peace that guards our heart and mind. And how many know peace is the answer or the antidote for stress and anxiety? Prosperity is not the answer in this case. It would be if you had a financial issue. A healing of your body is not necessarily the answer. The issue is peace. I find it interesting in the Gospels when Jesus healed, he said, go in peace. Because he realized if you're not in peace, that's going to come right back on you. You're going to deal with that again because the peace of God is what keeps you. But you got to choose it. So Isaiah 26 and verse 3 is a great verse. You guys need to... I say we all need to think about this verse this week. 
you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. But notice, God will keep us in perfect peace. But do you hear that again? There's our side. Whose mind is stayed on you. Let's be honest in here. Every time we're stressed out and anxious and depressed, our mind is not on him. It's not. When we start going there, we know our mind is on our body. Our mind is on our money. Our mind is on our kids. Our mind is on the nation. Our mind is on natural disasters. Our mind is on something else we're going through, but our mind isn't on him. So he says, here's the answer. I will give you perfect peace, but whose mind, notice your mind, because that's where it starts, is stayed on you. Because he trusts in you. So I'm believing that for all of us. After today, that we live this verse, we think about this verse, we speak this verse, that our... Our mind is stayed on you, so you will keep us in perfect peace. No matter what the economy does, come on now. No matter what the president does, no matter what our physical body's doing, no matter what we're going through, you will keep me in perfect peace because my mind is stayed on you. One last verse, 1 Peter 5, verse 7. Anybody got an amplified Bible near? 1 Peter Five and seven. Thank you. First Peter five and seven. Come on, did you guys get something this morning. So we resist it, we replace it, we get perspective, but then we gotta choose peace. We have to choose peace that I'm gonna choose to keep my mind stayed on him and he will give me perfect peace. In every situation and everything. Is it possible? Yes. Just because you don't see everybody doing it doesn't mean it's not possible. Because this word is true and his word says if we keep our mind on him, we can have perfect peace. You can have perfect peace with bombs falling around you. And disease happening around you. And terrorists around you. And sickness around you. Financial difficulty around you. You can have perfect peace. You can. But notice we got to choose it. It's our choice. So 1 Peter 5 and verse 7. This will be the last verse we read. It says, casting the whole of your care. In the Amplified it says this. All your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all. On him, for he cares for you affectionately. And he cares about you. Watchful. But he says, casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on him, for he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. That's the way God thinks about you. But notice it says that we have to cast the cares on him. We have to keep our mind stayed on him. And when we do, the peace of God will come. And surround us. Can we stand up this morning? Thank you.
Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, do you feel the presence of God in here this morning? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. So we're going to do what this verse says. It says, cast all your cares, anxieties, worries, stress on him once and for all because he cares about you affectionately. And you could say to end that verse, and when you do that, then the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and mind by Christ Jesus. And that perfect peace you can have because your mind is stayed on him. Thank you, Father. Everybody with their eyes closed, could you just put your hands out in front of you? I want you right now to think about whatever you're worried about, whatever you're anxious about, whatever you're stressed out about right now. I want you to think about it. You could even say it out of your mouth. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Let's say this together. Father, I thank you for loving me and caring for me. I cast all my cares, worries, anxiety, stress, fear, depression on you for you care for me. I choose to keep my mind stayed on you. And you will give me perfect peace. I thank you that I'm anxious for nothing. But by prayer and thanksgiving, I let my request be made known to you. And I thank you that the peace of God that passes all understanding guards my heart. In my mind, right now, in Jesus' name. I let it go right now, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father God. Come on, can we just lift up our hands and thank you for that?